James Bond is back with the highest grossing movie of the franchise in Skyfall. But did it deserve to earn so much money? Yes, this movie is really good. I'm Chad. And I'm Matt. We are so honored to present the 40th episode of our podcast. We used to talk about this at work. All right. So I do want to welcome back friend of the show, Josh. Thank you, sir. Thank you for being back a third time. Look at you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Ed, we, we appreciate you being here and we appreciate, you know, all of the sliding around of time schedules <laughs> that we have to do to make sure we, you know, accommodate three time zones. So appreciate you being flexible, man. Yeah, you too, Matt. Sure. You too. <laughs> Um, but also I do want to talk to the audience for a second. Uh, we are 40 episodes in and we would really appreciate it if on whatever platform you are listening to this on, whether it is, um, Apple podcasts or Spotify or hell, even YouTube, please hit like or rate this show, you know, we're not asking you to write like a 20 page novel in the review section, just hit five stars or just say, Hey, I like this show and hit submit. Genuinely. We would appreciate it. If you guys could do that. No, you're right. But yes, uh, for y'all, thank y'all for uh, listening, tuning in for our 40th episode. I ain't, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I never really thought we was going to make it this far. I've always assumed that we was going to get bored with this and tether this out, but thank you for the ones that keep listening. We appreciate it. We're going to keep giving y'all more stuff y'all love. I mean, to get on that, um, that train every time we have a milestone episode. Um, yeah. Didn't think that we'd be doing this still. Didn't think that we'd make a new buddy from um, across the pond, as they say. Also, like just a quick um, reference to the comic book we all read. I love that expression, our cousins. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. I've never actually heard anyone say that in, in actual parlance before. That's fair. That's Unless fair. it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> a um, but yeah, man. So yeah, um, next time I go to the UK, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna do my thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna catch my cousin Josh, and they're like, oh okay, why is he white? Don't don't worry about that, all right? Don't worry. He's about British. <laughs> they're they're all British. Different daddies, different daddies. <laughs> but all right, uh, but what's been going on with you, Josh? We haven't talked to you since November, and yeah. um, yeah, what's been going on? It is currently January. Yeah, it is. So, um... It's a, it's a new year. Not much has changed in my life, um, which is usually a good thing. Um, just chilling out, you know, Christmas has come and gone. Um, and Boxing Day. And Boxing Day. <laughs> you're, you're obsessed with Boxing Day. Yeah. I want to know what the fuck it is. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, this year, actually, I looked up the etymology because I, uh, I was like, why is it called Boxing Day? And then, you know, every year I ask people and they're like, I, I don't know. And uh, they all have their own, like, theories. So I looked it up and um, even Wikipedia doesn't know. It's just that no one knows where it comes from. But it's not its not like a special event. It is just the day after Christmas. It's but actually you quite get a the, sad day. You get the day off though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I mean, that's it really. It's it's still it's still you know fraught with sadness because you have to wait another year for Christmas. That's funny. But yeah. in my mind, Boxing Day is where that's the day you guys let out all your aggression and you can box wherever you want. It's like your small version of the purge where you're like, <laughs> all right, I had this, di- I've been uh, fed up with you all this year. It's time for me to put the gloves on and let's handle this business once and for all. That's that's every day. <laughs> I thought it had something to do with like, you know, you got all those boxes from gifts on Christmas. So that's the day you throw them away. Like Boxing Day, I'm going to throw these boxes out. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the most popular idea when, when I ask people, but, um, I think the, the, the term derives from like hundreds of years ago before like that was even a thing, but no one actually knows what it means, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So do you have any new year's resolutions? Um, sort of. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, I never do that because I always think it's, it's quite arbitrary. You know, um, and no one ever sticks to it, and I probably won't stick to mine. But um, if you give yourself targets, you know, you can you can look back at the end of the year and think, no, oh, I've actually done something. Um, so I've got a, I've got a little diary here. Oh, written penned a few things in. One of which was to finish that novel I was telling you about. Which oh, not er the other. No, one. The, the the new one. The, ah the yes, uh, twenty eight uh, twenty eight days later by Josh. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's going to take me longer than twenty days to finish. I can tell you that. Um, also, yeah, um, I wrote an article which was um, for writers, and it was saying you should aim for a hundred rejections a year, which sounds um, really kind of pessimistic. A hundred rejections? Rejections, not oh, rejections. Rejections. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but like, um, you know, I'm always sending stuff out to like magazines and articles and stuff. Um, and very few of them get accepted because um, they're trash, but, (laughs) um, now I don't say that your stuff is golden. They don't know what they're missing out on. I mean, I agree, but it sounds really good. The magazines are trash. (laughs) (laughs) We got to figure out a way to get, um, get Sharon on an episode with you. Cause you know, she too is a writer. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Much to discuss. Um, perhaps she can, maybe she has similar New Year's resolutions. Mine was only um, 50 rejections, because I think that's more manageable. But the idea is you, you aim for rejections, and then by the time you reach your target, because they're much easier to get in the first place, rejections. That's by the time fair. you reach your target, um, hopefully you've got some acceptances as well. Maybe not, mm-hmm. but hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, have you guys got any? Mine's podcast related. I just want, you know, this, this project, you know, has been going on for almost a year and I would like to just build more of an audience so that, yeah, like for the most part, yes, man and I are doing this for ourselves, but you know, it's nice to know that what you're doing, people appreciate. Yeah, of course. I, I, I agree. I don't like, uh the listener count doesn't matter to me. I would like to see more engagement. Comments. Yeah, engagement to know like, hey, oh, that stuff was funny or that stuff was whack or like, I really enjoyed this part. Like, like that part is where I wish that we can grow it to where 
we get more communication with the listeners. Not because yeah. if right now we have what our 30 some listeners, if those 30 some listeners engage and stuff, I'll be perfectly fine with it. It's not like I need like yeah. millions of listeners, but yeah, that's what's more engagement. So for those of you listening right now, uh, <laughs> make sure to leave a comment. There we go. Good job, Josh. Good job. <laughs> Got to always bring it around. Always be promoting. All right. Yes. But also, you know, of course, like in my professional life, like to, you know, do better, move up, make more money, things of like things of that nature. Also trying to get back every year, get back in the gym, work out. But when in doubt, blame it on COVID. COVID is the reason why I've been back in the gym. Man, I was at the gym like three times this week with my mask on, doing my thing. See, it's different where you at. See, you know, in the States, you know, y'all motherfuckers don't give a fuck. Y'all just be out there. No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. Like, right, I can't tell you how many people like I'm, I'm at the gym working out and I'm like, damn, that girl is cute. And then my mind snaps. I'm like, wait, I shouldn't know she's cute because I shouldn't right. be able to see her face. Exactly. But no, it's I mean, we have a gym on base where I could be going to. But no, I just come down to laziness. But then in my mind, I tell myself, oh, no, nah, see, you don't go there because a lot of people be in there. You don't want to catch COVID. So you being smart by staying away. So I'm just making up excuses for me not to go. But no, nah, I eventually will get down there and start doing something and get back in shape. Have I already um, caught COVID yet? Yet. No, thankfully. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> Have you gotten COVID, Josh? No, no, luckily no. Um, yet. We'll see. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> So I'm on, you know, I'm on the TikTok because, you know, I'm trying to stay with it with the youth. And um, I saw a pretty funny one where this woman, she was talking about how she got COVID, but she doesn't have her taste. And she was complaining that she got um, last year's model of COVID Delta instead of this new shit Omicron, because you keep your taste, your sense of taste with Omicron. You got that old school right. stuff. Right. <laughs> that, uh, that last year's iPhone, right? <laughs> Yeah, I met, I met a guy the other day who um, I think he had COVID last year and he still can't taste things. Oh, shit. Or smell things. Funny um, enough, we've had a few people on the show that got COVID. Yeah. yeah cur- currently, my brother-in-law has uh, COVID right now. Uh, friend of the show, Steve? No, uh, Japanese brother-in-law. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, so right now he has COVID and he can't taste nothing. So I was like, yeah, because he was sick. I was like, yeah, you want to bring some Taco Bell? Because, like, Japanese people love Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. So, but they was like, nah, he can't taste nothing or anything like that. So I was like, oh, okay. All right, so he eat nothing but salad right now, getting his health yeah. game on. <laughs> he might as well eat whatever he wants. He can't taste shit. <laughs> no, nah, that's that's the time to eat healthy. Is when you can't taste the, yeah, you can't the, taste the grass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you reading anything, Josh? Uh, yeah, I've got a few books on the go, um, that I can't remember <laughs> if I had them in front of me, I, I would just tell you the titles. Um, is there anything coming up that you're interested yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I put this in the brief, there's a new Bond novel coming out, um, which I'm excited for. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's by... I'd want to mention it because obviously it's relevant to, uh, yeah. to what we're going to discuss. Um, it's by Anthony Horowitz, who's done two of the continuation novels so far. 
and um, it's called what is it called? A mind to kill with a mind to kill. Yeah, Ooh. with a mind to kill. Which okay. um, I'm not a huge fan of that title. I think it sounds a bit. I mean, it sounds a little too know. a view to Achilles. Yes, but yeah, I mean, there is that. I, I mean, don't know. It's it's a bit unwieldy. I think. <laughs> No, no, I mean, a, a mind to kill. So I'm guessing this book's about like a strategist or something like that. I'm not too sure. All we know so far is that um, the premise is M is dead, which is Ooh. pretty significant. Um, let me just read you the blurb, actually. So um, it is M's funeral. One man is missing from the graveside. The traitor who pulled the trigger and who is now in custody accused of M's murder. James Bond. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's, it looks like it's going to involve Smirsh, who are the the villains in the first few novels before Spectre comes on the scene. So it could be interesting, but um, yeah, it, it, the continuation books are, are, are weird because they all kind of disregard each other. Oh, um, so I think this is going to disregard Co uh, Colonel Sun, which was the first one, which came out after uh whatever the last Fleming novel was and then there's loads that come after that that basically just disregard all the books that came before it's really confusing gotcha but um it should be good we'll see yeah I feel like the twist of that book is going to be M faked his death yeah it's got to be surely yeah you can't just kill him off like yes. well, not off screen but off page I guess when is that coming out uh let me check i think it's may at least in the uk okay all right yeah well, we're, we're gonna need your review of that this summer uh, i'll give you it yeah so matt what have you been up to man are you alive over there i hear that you've had a little bit of a tumble oh yeah at 1 11 this morning i get a loud ass alert on my phone you know you get like those amber alerts or whatever on your phone is it called Amber Alert in the UK, Josh? Um, what is it referring to? I've never heard like, of it. So, like when like a kid is missing and they'll be like, hey, alert on your phone. Look at this black uh, station wagon or black Cam uh, Camaro. There's a child missing or something like that. Last scene no, no. with this person or whatever. I've never seen anything like that. No, we don't really get alerts like that. Oh, yeah. I don't care about happen, the kids. No, yeah, there's too many of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too many kids. We gotta get rid of them. <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, yeah. We got alert at like one eleven this morning, and it was like an earthquake is imminent. Take shelter. Blah 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 blah. So, like, we wake up and I'm like, wait, what's going on? And then the wife check her phone and everything. They say it's an earthquake, and next thing you know, our apartment starts rocking back and forth for like a couple seconds. So the earthquake didn't happen where we were at it happened away but you know we felt the ripples or whatever like after that. effect aftershock yeah. or something like that yeah aftershock of uh the earthquake so this was the first time i've ever felt an earthquake have you guys ever felt the earthquake before i slept through one uh we don't really get them in the uk um we, yeah. there's been one in my lifetime and everyone else in the house woke up it was just like really gentle and I slept through it. I felt really bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was it. I remember there was, we felt one in our area maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And like I was sleeping, like the rumble kind of woke me up. 
But then I went back to sleep. And then I saw yeah. on the news that day, they were like, it's so unprecedented that there was an earthquake in the Midwest. Right. Because, like, yeah, my son slept through it. And then I, I checked uh, other friends in here. They was like, a lot of people, if they didn't get that alert to wake them up, then they wouldn't have felt it. Like, yeah, if we didn't get the alert to wake us up, we probably would have slept it too. Because it was only like a couple seconds. It's just feeling it. It was just felt weird, like the building shaking for like two seconds and just stopping. Interesting. But I didn't know you could um, anticipate an earthquake. I thought it just sort of happened. I thought that it happened and then they sent the alert. No, it said, uh, let me pull this up. So I took a screenshot of it. It <clears> said, <throat> it anticipated it. It said, oh. earthquake early warning. Strong shaking is expected soon. Stay calm and seek shelter nearby. So they knew it was about to happen. I mean, I guess if you're near like, was it plates, tectonic plates or whatever? Like, I'm sure there's there's uh, like some sort of government agency's job to monitor that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it was it was just weird to feel it. But the only thing is, like, once this happened, it was hard for me to go to sleep. Yeah. So as I'm going back to sleep, I thought of a superhero origin story and i was like um i've have you guys heard of crimson mask before that term no so crimson crimson mask is basically it's like a wrestling professional wrestling term is when you know somebody's bleeding and their whole face is covered with blood they'd be like oh he has a crimson mask ah. so as i couldn't sleep i was like oh yeah imagine this town city universe whatever where Everybody is born with a power at the age of a certain age, 10. And, um, you know, of course, some people become just regular people. Some people become heroes. Some people come becomes villains. But then you had this one person who didn't have a power. Encanto. Similar to that. And then, but then during the story, some of his friends were getting beat up by a villain. And... Him, even though he doesn't have any powers, he rushes in to save his friends, and the villain just whoops his ass. And that's how he gets the crimson mask, his blood everywhere. Then this old retired superhero sees him and was like, you know what? I'm about to pass my powers on to him. As he did this, and so as I'm as I'm dreaming this, right? I'm like, yeah, this shit is fire. It's gonna be a good story. So then I wake up, right? And I was telling my wife this. I was like, yeah, I had this dream of this, this, and this. And as I'm telling her this, I'm like, oh, no, wait. This is my hero academia. <laughs> so I was like, I had this whole story in my head. I was like, oh, no, wait. That's a different anime. So I was like, ah, oh, in my dream, like, I'm like, oh, this is a fire story. So the only thing is, if I can get rid of the part where an old superhero passes his powers on to this one, then it won't be My Hero Academia. That's the part that gets people. So, with the top, but then let me get your thoughts opinion. Crimson Mask. And when I really thought of it, he was a hero. But now, as I hear the title name, it kind of sounds like a villain. Yeah. So yeah, it reminds me become... of Red School from Captain America. Mm. Mm. So, so maybe I, I should. Maybe I'll, be a villain then. Yeah, like do ha- my hero academia, but flip it around to where like it's a bad kid without powers and a old aging villain takes him under his wing. Right. So uh 
I'm in the works of that. <laughs> like I thought that was a great story till I said it out loud and I was like, oh wait, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. But um, besides that, I'm all about good uh, serial killer documentaries. So there's a one on Netflix called Crime Scene, The Times Square Murders. Are you guys familiar with any of these Times Square murders? I um, remember seeing the preview for that documentary. And I do remember that Times Square used to be a very bad place before uh, Giuliani came in and cleaned that shit up. Disney fight it, if you will. Man, man, man. Okay. Times Square used to be a wild place. When I say wild, all that um, sexual, um, basically with other countries and your, your red light districts and everything else like that, that used to be Times Square back in the 60s and stuff like that. So um, cut through the chase. Basically, there was murders. Um, and, you know, this guy got was doing this stuff and during this time he would kidnap these not kidnap these women he would get these women from Times Square drive them to New Jersey murder them and the reason why the cops couldn't figure it out because the cops in New York like during this time you know they didn't have internet and all the other kind of stuff but the the cops weren't talking to each other from county to county so even though these women were getting kidnapped in New York, even though New Jersey's just right across the street, they weren't talking to each other. So he used to take these women from New York, go to New Jersey, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Not to sound cruel or anything, but that's not the part you need to worry about. <laughs> the worry about is like how the, the, the wild and sex stuff used to happen in Times Square. Because when you see Times Square, you see families out there, you see like, Elmo and all these Toy Story characters doing stuff, all the lights and everything. But the thing that got me the most was about how it it used to be like a sex area. And one thing I did appreciate is how they progressed. They showed how like, you know, for example, you would start off where like you had a whole bunch of sex magazines, you know, you books and things. Then it progressed to peep shows to where you put a quarter in and you watch this thing for a certain amount of time. And then the screen would close and then you had to put more money in. Then it went to that screen was closed so you can just watch it. Then it went from just watching it to holes in the wall where you could touch the women and the guys. Then it went to live sex shows and all this stuff like that where I did not know Times Square was getting down like that. And then, you know, of course, the murders and things like that, but still, but that's a part that I latched on to. Okay, so two things. Uh, one, have either of you been to New York? No. Yeah, yeah, been a couple of times. What was your impression of Times Square? Uh, it certainly wasn't like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I it's it's weird. Normally, so first of all, uh, even though I work in marketing, I I hate um, commercials, or as we call them, advertisements. And that just really annoy me. But like in Times Square, like they, they sort of belong there because they're just everywhere. And it, it's kind of pretty, you know, all the lights going off. Uh, it's a weird place, though, um, even today. Um, I bought a mixtape off a guy who oh, God. <laughs> he was just like, yeah. He, he kind <laughs> of like, forced it on you, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah it was that or die so yeah yeah I, <laughs> um, i'm familiar yes but it, it was um it was it was funny i enjoyed listening to it <laughs> um uh yeah it's it's um it's also it's kind of scary you got people shouting it's really busy um you're always on the cusp of a fight going off and obviously all the traffic as well but it's an experience somebody's always trying to get some money like um mm. they've got those people dressed up like different characters like elmo or stuff like that and it's like oh yeah. man i, I want to get a picture so th- what they'll do is they'll take like you're taking a picture of like a of a building and they'll take your phone and get a selfie with you on that phone and then be like hey pay me money like they're super aggressive but um so I went to New York for the first time a few years ago and we went to Times Square and honestly, I was a little disappointed because I, I thought it would be huge, but it's just like a, like three or four blocks. Like, yeah, that's um, what the guy said on the show. He said, it's only four blocks this way, four blocks this way in this little square. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought that it would um, be like, if either of you are familiar with the New York strip, I'm sorry, uh, the Las Vegas strip. Like I've I thought it, it yeah. I thought it was like huge, you know, mm-hmm. like several blocks, but it's not. It felt big to me. Um, but you know, in, in my country, we don't really have anything on that scale. So I mean I felt like a dwarf. It felt well, that's, compa- I was I was, was going to ask that. Like, you know, you have Times Square and then you know in Japan, well, you have Tokyo and Rapungi. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. is there what's the most Piccadilly version circus. of that? Yeah, again, that's probably smaller than Times Square. I mean, it is, but like Times Square is small too. Yeah, so it's even smaller than that. <laughs> it's um, it, we don't really have a sort of a big outdoor space, um, of the same caliber, uh, or anything really comparable in that sense. I don't know. So London is huge, though. I'm like, but when I went to New York, I hadn't really been to London very often either. So it's, it's all just being scary to me. Okay. So my other thing was, uh, I saw a documentary on Netflix last year called The Ripper. And it was about the Yorkshire Ripper. Who right. <laughs> were, it was like, the dude was basically doing the same shit. Where like, he was murdering people, women in like different parts of London. And like the different precincts, precincts weren't talking to each other because it was the 70s. Uh-huh. Right. So like, that's how those motherfuckers got away with shit. Just like, do a crime in different areas and they're not talking to each other. So each, right. each precinct is starting from square one. Really, really, this was like his fifth murder. Right. And that's where like the dude was came off so cocky and everything. He was like, uh, you know, you've got a, a charge for these 22 murders. And then he was like, ones that you know of. And then they interviewed him. They were like, you know, they say there's no such thing as a perfect murder, but I'm like, Dude, you was doing this stuff in the 60s and 70s where like it wasn't he wasn't on some Dexter type of stuff. Let me clean up this stuff. He was taking all these women to the exact same hotel in New Jersey. Oh, my God. So it it, it, it just like I mean, I mean, I shouldn't. It was interesting as far as that. But like the really thing that caught my eye was just how Times Square used to be. But yeah, and another thing I watched this weekend was uh, on Netflix called Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks. And it's basically basically about a, a documentary about Kung Fu movies. Hmm. So 
back original kung fu movies the star was a woman so uh originally when they first started making kung fu movies there was a woman a star because the housewife was the main target audience in hong kong but the thing that got me that i did not know the okay they they went through kung fu history and they talked about you know like bruce lee jackie chan and stuff so even though Bruce Lee was on that show where he played Green Hornet. Yes. He was on the Green Hornet. He played Kato. Yes. And then the movie that got him famous was Enter the Dragon. There we go. I knew he's going to get it. But did you know he died before Enter the Dragon came out? Oh, he was doing all those movies uh-huh. and he wasn't famous. He was famous off the TV show where, like, he wasn't super famous, but he was famous because he did a TV show. But then he died in 73, 72, 73. Enter the Dragon didn't come out to later on in 73. So he was already dead when Enter the Dragon came out. Hmm. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, Enter the Dragon came out. That's when the popularity and everything else like that was going on. But he was already dead by that, by, by that time. Which said that surprised me. Yeah. But um, and you know the TV show Kung Fu? Yeah. Uh wasn't that with David Carradine? Yes. How you know how Hollywood is racist at this time. At this time? Hollywood is racist altogether, but at this time, um Bruce Lee said, Hey, I want to make a movie about cowboys and kung fu and things like that and they wouldn't let him do it because you know an asian man can't be a leading man so then that's when they they later on stole his idea and did this but it, it it's a it's a good documentary teaching about kung fu and about how um before the kung fu tv show came out uh, those kung fu movies used to go to like the dollar theater and the black neighborhoods type of stuff. So that's where you get like the people like Wu Tang and all these black people who grew up with uh, kung fu movies and everything's like that because it was in their neighborhood to where and they said basically how they felt where how in the movies they they were fighting the man basically the black people could relate to the kung fu artists doing their th- stuff in a movie and then how white people and more and mainstream didn't get it didn't uh, adapt to kung fu to once they got the tv show the kung fu movie uh, excuse me kung fu tv show but it was a lot of hi- hidden stuff in there that i never knew about the kung fu genre and everything else like that so if you're if you're into kung fu they talk about jackie chan oh speaking of there was this company in Hong Kong called SB, Shaw Brothers. They could have signed Bruce Lee. They said no. They passed. And then blah, blah, blah. Then they had a chance to sign Jackie Chan. They said no. And they passed. But yeah, if you want a good history on Kung Fu movies and everything like that, I highly recommend it. It's not too long. It's, it's only maybe an hour, hour, some change. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. So um I um like to waste my money, guys. And so I um I bought a new microphone at the top of the year. 
you know, cause I'm trying, I'm trying to do new things, you know, with, with the sound. And also like, I, like I've been saying, I would really like to record in the same space with people. And with my last microphone, it is the kind of microphone that will pick up like most of the sound in the room. And that's fine if you want two people on one microphone, but I like to edit with like different audio streams and I don't like it when, you know, you can hear the, the, um, the audio bleeding from somebody else's mic. So I bought this microphone and I also bought what they call an audio interface. And so you would hook the microphone up to the audio interface and then you can manually adjust the settings with this device. And I was like, man, I'm about to fucking just change the game here. So I was playing around with it yesterday because it arrived, you know, got it to work a little bit. And then I was like testing audio sounds because, you know, I was just testing this by myself. And for whatever reason, when I, I was recording myself too, when I would play sounds on my computer that were only playing through my headphones, the microphone would pick them up, pick up that sound. And so I was like, well, I spent a lot of money on something that does not work right. Uh, because my concern is if I would have used that to record today, even if I wasn't talking, my microphone would have picked up you guys talking. Oh, that's annoying. Yes. Is there any way to fix it? I don't. Uh, I've messed with all the little settings on this. And I think that um, I probably need to have bought something more expensive but least expensive like this this is this was more money than i want to spend but this is cheap in the in the in the uh, arena of these kind of devices so i agree because once you upgraded mics i was like i need to do the same too and i was like watching youtube videos and uh seeing what other people were using and they, they were like oh i use mic you know GXB tag 98. I'm like, ah, oh, I should go look at that one. I go go to Best Buy, $400. Damn, right. Damn. right, right. Don't they know I'm doing this for free? Right. I ain't getting paid for this. And I, I, I hate how like nonchalant they are in those YouTube videos. They're like, oh yeah, you want to start a podcast? You want to do this and that? Just buy this. And you click the link, $500. Excuse me? Right. What? We doing this for fun. Right. <laughs> we don't have those sponsors, but this is just us. So, um, yeah, I'm going to return that and I'm going to look at some other um, avenues. Um, but yeah, but on that same vein of wasting money, um, like I said, I'm, I'm on the TikTok and some TikTok people that I follow, they're like Disney people. Cause like, I'm a huge Disney fan. Like I've read his biography. I've seen so many documentaries. Like I've read books, like I'm a huge Disney, like of not just the man, but like also the theme parks and like the company itself. So um, Disney has something kind of like a, their very own comic con. That's just like a celebration of them. So it's like the Disney parks, the Disney movies, Star Wars, Marvel, all the shit that they own. Um, So it's called D23, and they're going to have it in September of this year. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I always want to go. But, you know, money and life and COVID. But I was like, fuck it, you know. So I bought a ticket to go and I was like, okay, okay, that wasn't too much money. And then like immediately after I bought that ticket, the convention goer 
in me like reawaken because I, I, I you know pre-covid i used to go to a lot of like comic cons now it's like shit i have to buy a hotel room right now if i want to be anywhere near where i need to be so i'm just looking at these prices these elevator prices of hotels in california that are also open during a convention and i'm like this is highway robbery won't you try airbnb well, I want it to be close because I want to walk because I, I would like to just be in the little bubble where I don't have to Uber or Lyft. Uh-huh. And also, like, I didn't want to have to, like, buy groceries and shit because, like, this this trip that I'm planning is just going to be me. Uh-huh. So I found a hotel. It's, it's more money than I want to spend. But I'm, like, 10 minutes away from the convention center and 10 minutes away from um, Disneyland by foot. So. But do you get a free continental breakfast with it? You do. That's all you really need now. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so it also has free cancellation up until, uh, like, two days before my check-in date, just in case I change my mind. Okay. Is, are, are the tickets... Um refundable if you don't go or that's just not no i didn't see anything maybe i didn't see anything about refunding the tickets but i don't think i would have any trouble selling those tickets because like it's the events already sold out shit must might as well sell them now man if they already sold out make a couple bucks you know but, double the price but i want to go nah man you know they're gonna put the spoilers on youtube anyway man that's trying to it right but that's it's because you've never really been to a convention like it's it's like a it's like a different world man now what's the convention where they uh show like the trailers of like marvel movies what are those called yeah comic conventions yeah yeah like i would like to do some stuff like like that like they're they're really awesome like i don't know how it's going to be during COVID, Uh but i would like to do that and also it's a lot like the disney like social media and disney podcasts you know there's a lot and like if i could at least link up like some people do some collabs because obviously i won't be on this podcast that weekend but if i can you know do some cross promotion out there too that would be that would make the um the trip worth it or while you out there you can do a a on-site podcast with some people you link up with oh that is something i could potentially do yeah yeah because maybe if you can I don't, I, um because the only reason i say that because i like i listen to wrestling podcasts and then like you know when wrestlemania and big stuff i know during that time a lot of uh wrestling podcasters get together and this this and that and, you know they have like the old school wrestlers come through and then that's a better chance for you to get to interview these people you might normally interview so like if if this is like a big thing where, you know, all Disney stuff is going down, a lot of different podcasts are going to be there. So maybe it might be a chance for, you know, to, you know, interview the actress that played something uh, in a Disney movie or something. I like don't that. think I'm going to be able to get some to that level, but I could definitely probably get some regular people that either are regular people or also have podcasts where we could talk about okay that's a good idea and you want yeah just just in case there's some shit like that pile up, you're like, oh well shit i got a podcast too let me jump on this it's a good idea all right all right look at you man always be plugging hey man you got to
Um, all right. So we had some homework this week because once more, I spent like $30 on a humble bundle of James Bond comics. And I'm really enjoying this series so far, um, these books. So this week we read James Bond 007 Idolin. So what, uh, so basically, um, the story this time is, um, James Bond has to go to America to extract an accountant that works at the Turkish embassy because she accidentally saw that um, some dirty money is being uh, run through um, the Turkish government. And once they found out that she she knows about this, agents are coming to kill her. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was good stuff that you expect from James Bond. Um, Josh, what you thought about it? Um, yeah, it's uh, again, I was taken aback by just how violent it is. Um, yes. although it's a good story, so I enjoyed it very similar to the last one, really. But so, uh, I agree, Josh, it was pretty violent, but I, I also like the story. Um, I like how these aren't like world ending stories in these comics like stuff that the movies can't do because it's like it's just just hey go pick this asset up and bring her back home stuff happened but like the world wasn't in danger you know yeah and also like unlike the films where he's going rogue every time it's, it's oh just my a God. straightforward mission like here's your assignment go do it okay he does it and then I, that's the end i mean it's funny you say that because at the beginning of the, of the last book he went rogue when he murdered that man yeah, like, at true. the very, <laughs> but no, like I like it. So uh, I like how funny this is. These books are though. Like um, I, I wrote yeah. down a couple of quotes where uh, once more, like the running joke of shitting on his gun. So they was like, Hey, um, when um, James Bond is getting a new gun and uh, Q's like, okay, so I'm gonna give you a, a borderline manly 45 caliber. And um, the last line I absolutely love, it's not funny, but um, when the um, bad guy, he murders, he, he commits suicide. And right before he does it, he says, tell them they should have treated me properly. And James Bond, as he's lighting a cigarette, says no. And the book just fucking ends. <laughs> yeah, but no, th- they're, they're, all, they're all funny. Ones. It's like um, when he comes to M on the roof and he's like, are you thinking of jumping? <laughs> sort of Tongue in cheek. But yeah, I, I really liked it. Like, um, I appreciate that this is his own continuity. So like there were a lot of references to like the last book where he's talking about how like every fucking time he's at the airport, shit pops off. Um, or um, I kind of like the sexy stuff, like where he's like, I'm being a creep. I'm trying to have sex with this lady. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, just because you saved my life, we can have sex. And um, I also really like that Money Penny actually got to do some shit. Like mm-hmm. uh, in the first book, if you guys remember, like the big overall thing of these books so far has been how MI6 can't carry guns in the UK. And mm-hmm. they were like, everybody, everybody got their guns taken away except Money Penny. And like James Bond was being such a, a fucking child when he's like, how come Money Penny gets a gun, but I don't? And they're like, she's M's bodyguard. 
even though she's his secretary she's his bodyguard and so like some shit popped off in this book where a motherfucker came in the room and tried to kill everybody and she took that gun and shot that motherfucker in the face it's beautiful yeah that's a nice contrast to the i guess the films in that sense even the new ones um where like she's sort of an agent but again doesn't really do much yeah i've got some comments about that when we jump off to the movie (laughs) but uh yeah but yeah like you said violent like especially like on that in that same issue when um they when they were in that meeting and james bond shot that dude in the back and it was just to keep him down and then he walked over and shot him in the back of the head when he was down i was like jesus man was that necessary like what the fuck is wrong with you if it actually feels kind of out like our character and also the torture scene yeah upsetting i was like yeah (laughs) So oh, what I kind of James Bond do you guys like? Like, do you like the comic book more aggressive killing James Bond? Or do you like the movie, uh, I ain't going to say, le- basically less aggressive James Bond? Or less vindictive? That's not the right word. Less. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which one do you guys like better? I like the... Um... The original Fleming Bond, where he's 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 just he's quite nice. He's like, um, well, he's a bit of an asshole, but he's he's quite jovial, and he loves his food, and he hates his job. He doesn't <laughs> like killing people, but he feels like he has to at times. And then that's it, really. I mean, if I had, like, I'm all, I've only read one short story, so I can't comment on like book Bond. But if I had to choose between comic book Bond and movie Bond. I probably would still go with comic book Bond just because like I those puns are sometimes funny in the movie, but they kind of like don't feel right. And it's like when in at least in these comics that we've been reading, when James Bond makes a joke, it makes sense for the scene. It doesn't like take you out the scene for me. I, yeah. I He's violent as fuck, but also it's like, I don't know, like if you work for a government agency and they're like, you could, you got, you literally have a license to kill. As long as you don't kill the wrong person, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And he's like, all right, well, I'm just going to shoot these people in the fucking face. I'm not going to get in trouble. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I liked it. I'm looking forward to the next one. We're going to read um, James Bond Hammerhead next month, and we'll actually be able to pronounce the title. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this week we discuss James Bond, Skyfall. They weren't targeting her. They wanted her to see it. Welcome to the new MI6. I'm your quartermaster. You must be joking. Also PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print, so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. I want to meet your employer. How much do you know about fear? Not like this. Not like him. Just look at you, chasing spies. England, MI6. She sent you after me, knowing you're not ready, knowing you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. 007 decides to retire when he is accidentally shot while on a mission by another MI6 agent. 
While away, M is terrorized by a former agent that she betrayed. Fine rejoins the service once he learns that M's life is in danger, and he does all he can to stop the threat from M's past, even to the point of taking her to the one place he never thought he would return to, his childhood home, for a final showdown. Sadly, M dies at the end of the conflict. Or does she? <laughs> all right she so <laughs> you're a friend of the you're at friend of the show status so we're not actually going to start with you matt what did you think of skyfall i really enjoyed this movie now i really enjoyed this for multiple reasons a i like the um, progression or progression i like the progression that they showed from where where he die to where he comes back to where he's not fit for duty he has a beard he can't shoot and everything else like that even um it shows up when he's actually does get permitted to be out in the field um i love everything about this movie (laughs) except for when they went to his childhood home because it turned into Home Alone? Yes, and it's dark. Not dark in the sense of like grimy, dark in the sense of it's you, dark. You can't see. Right. So I loved everything about this movie till that part. Um, and then, you know, he had a, you know, basically Home Alone makeshift stuff to try to survive. But like to me, well, it, it, I would have loved it if it would have ended like maybe M died at the courthouse where, mm. you know, they was in there, something like that, and they captured him. Um, but leading up to that, I love the whole story. I love the progression from the first one to this one to where, you know, this happened. It's a, it, it continu- continuously affects him. Right. And then to there now he's older and they also mo- multiple people mentioned that, you know, this is a young man's game and he's showing the effects of it and, you know, he can't shoot straight, blah, blah, blah. So, um, and M, the actress, what's her name again? Judy Dench. Judy Dench. <laughs> wow. Perfect <laughs> in every kiss. scene. Perfect in every scene. We need... Is she still alive? Yeah. We need more of her in every movie. <laughs> I just love her in general. Is she, what else is she's in? Like anything recently besides this? British? She's not in stuff recently because she's basically gone blind. So she, oh. she doesn't really do many films anymore, which is actually why she asked to leave uh, Bond. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, I love her in every, like, because she is like i love her in charge take uh i'm the shit take charge everything but the only thing the only critique i have about her is like i know you're ahead of this organization that of hitman killers and everything else like that why don't she know how to do anything with like shooting people or anything else like that she's old though also, well, she just... said that um, guns were never her thing. So she's probably like, yes, in espionage, but she's probably like an analyst or something. Oh, okay. Mm. But like Judy Dench, what every every scene she's in is just like, 
she has the power of controlling the scene that she's in where whenever she's on on screen your eyes are focused on her um but so far out of the movies we watch i would say right now this is my favorite one minus the darkness at the end <laughs> minus home alone right yeah, I, I mean, I agree with most of that. I, I do prefer Casino Royale, just, but, but that is one of my favorite films of all time anyway. I, I really like Skyfall as a standalone film. I don't like it so much as a sequel because it, it feels quite disjointed coming off the back of Quantum of Solace. I mean, but you also got to account for like, there's a good amount of time in between those movies, like between the ending of Quantum and the beginning of Skyfall, like he's been doing this shit for a minute. Like he's so much, so confident in that it's opening also, sequence. Right. And also the piggyback of you said, okay, if we were doing standalone, it'd be Casino Royale would be my favorite. But as a continuation, because the thing that carries this movie is a continuation of James Bond and the person that he's become mm-hmm. and everything that he's been through. But if he was categorizing as a standalone movie, oh yeah, I'll go with Casino Royale. I love Casino Royale. But as a continuation, it it just, it's kind of like going from Iron Man to, you know, Avengers. It just shows the growth into whatever it is. But something like that, though. Yeah, I get what you mean. I I mean, that's, uh, I, the things I dislike about it are for the same reason that you like it. I feel like there's a big chunk missing between Quantum of Solace and this film where, you know, because he goes from being like a rookie essentially to being uh, a veteran who wants to retire. And I feel like there's a lot in between that we don't see. And you have characters like Monty Penny show up out of nowhere. And, you know, and just like, he looks a lot older as well. Yeah. So, you know, he actually looks older in this than he does in No Time to Die. Right. Weirdly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, we, we threw you off. Uh, what 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 other thoughts do you have? Um, but yeah, yeah. And um, on the positive side, I, I do really enjoy it. It's a good, it's fun. It's, you know, it's a good film. Um, it's got it's sort of ticks all the boxes. Really, it's got everything you want in it. Um, lots of it's it's gorgeous to look at. It's really stunning visually. Oh yeah! Is oh it? my god! That that scene where he's fighting that sniper. Like yeah, it was yeah. at Shanghai with those yeah. lights and you just watching the silhouette. Oh my God. Mm, I, I, I hated that wrong. scene. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I hated I, that. I want to say, I want to say the cinematographer got an Oscar, but if it's Roger Dinkins, he didn't. Well, yeah, it is him, yeah. But after uh, our last review, I really liked the opening song for this movie. What? Mr. I skipped that part? Yes, <laughs> I intentionally watched it because just like the other ones, they it, they draw me in with the, the beginning action sequence and I was like, well, let me pay attention to this song and I really enjoyed it. But no, um, going back to that scene, I didn't like that. I didn't... You can tell I don't like stuff where I really can't see things. So I understand the visual thing of the silhouettes and where Jack Bond opened up the door. He couldn't see him because of lights and everything. And I can understand the thing, but it's like me personally, I don't like stuff where I really can't see stuff. I get that. 
And yeah, um, the cinematographer was only nominated. I think Roger Dinkins won for, was it 1917? Yeah, same director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They collabed together. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love that scene. Um, I like this movie a lot. Like, I agree with you, Matt. Like, as a part three to a James Bond, we're, we're following a, a single continuity. This movie's great. But as a standalone movie, I don't think it's that good. Um, what I don't like is like throughout the movie, he's struggling to like be the James Bond that he once was. But then when we get to the courthouse scene, he's over here shooting straight and being all James Bond and cool and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I feel like everybody was kind of neutered in that um, courtroom scene to make James Bond cooler. Like uh, Mallory, this motherfucker's just shooting wildly into the air. Like you say that, okay. But if you um, if you watch it back, Mallory actually kills a couple of the terrorists. Bond doesn't kill anyone in that scene. Okay, I he actually uh, I, 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 will, I, will, I genuinely will rewatch that scene. He and looks then, cool, but he's yeah, he misses. And then also, um, Money Penny. Why the fuck didn't she have a gun? And she wasn't doing shit either. I'm like, my thing is like James Bond should not have had to run 15 blocks to get to the courthouse. And then he's over here like, oh, I'm smart enough to know to shoot the fire extinguishers so we can extract him out. Like, Mm. what are these? Mallory is used to be an agent. Okay, fine. Like, I know that Money Penny's a little bit green, but like, what the fuck are you doing, girl? Like I remember, like like I remember the first time I saw the movie, I was like, "Oh man, Money Penny was fucking crushing it." But I'm rewatching it. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing, girl? Like, why are you even here?" Yeah, no, she's useless. Does she she only shoots one person, and it's her teammate. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I really thought that they gave her like some a cool scene, but like you just had a scene where you got to shoot a gun. Like what? But you didn't, girl. What you doing? Well, I think like watching it, and I think the, I'm not sure this is the right word, the aptitude, the thing that showed that is James Bond was when he was on the train and he had the excavator out and he jumps off the excavator as it's pulling the back of the train down and he jumps and he fixes his cufflinks. I was like, ah. It's that dude. That's James Bond yes, right there. Yes. And I was just like, when he did that, it's, it's, it's like, that's James Bond. And I was like, all right, yeah. Now we can get this movie rolling. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Like, I agree. That that like that's that just quick thing of him jumping off, checking the cufflinks was like, all right. Um, it, it it was just like, all right, here we go. Yeah, this is James Bond, and we off to the races now. Yes, I agree. Um, also, I absolutely love that first scene with Q when he's like, hey, man, you like four years old. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, I, I, the, the shit I can do with my cup of Earl Grey first thing in the morning is more than you could ever do in a year. Right. Like, So sit your ass down. Yeah, up till then, he's always been portrayed by an old guy, isn't he? Yeah. Nice no, young blood. But I mean, also, Q is a fucking dumbass because why would you hook up a computer from a bad guy to your main system? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? 
Yeah, he 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 was over over he he was too cocky because remember when he was talking about it, he was like, oh, who can do this stuff? Oh, I created this stuff, and then when he got too cocky and he did it. Um, that's fair. I would I would like I don't know the actor's name. Who's ben the Wishaw? actor? The villain? Oh, uh, Javier Bardem. Um, I give credit to him that uh because of um. Uh, a great villain is somebody that you need to where you believe wholeheartedly they believe what they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. And if you you listen to his story, especially when he's in his cell, when he's talking to him, then he takes his teeth out and he shows what he he sacrificed himself for the country. And what happened is like those are the type of villains where you'd be like, I, I get where you're coming from. Right. I can see where they're coming from. And where all so far, so far, and what we've seen, you know, it's kind of like villain stuff, you know. I'm I'm going to take over this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a a stock shortage, GameStop style. Right. It's like, you know, (laughs) it it was like, you know, villain stuff, like movie villain stuff, where this one, where he actually had a vendetta, he did the right thing, he did what quote-unquote what he was taught and now he's out for revenge where but his whole shit was good and bad at the same time though well also but the thing is like the reason m like betrayed him is because he was doing too much like he started doing stuff that was outside of his assignment Mm -hmm. and so that's why she's like motherfucker you're a liability but but didn't you say earlier on the comic fuck it i got a license to kill i'm about to do whatever i want to do he not killing people. He, this motherfucker hacking shit. She said he was. He started to. He started to. Right. Um, he started checking the Chinese stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like she. And also she mentioned like this was in the nineties. This started happening in the nineties, like when um Britain gave up power in Hong Kong, and like that was a very fucking tense time. And like you can't have motherfuckers doing shit like that if you're trying to have a peaceful transfer of power. Right, that's where she gave him up for other people in return. Right. So I believed him. <laughs> I, I I laughed out loud when uh, it's funny. I've never seen this. This was the first time I was, I've seen bits and pieces of this movie before, but mm-hmm. this was the first time I seen it all the way through. I laughed out loud to where you know Bond comes to the island with him, and then he was like he was touching him. He was like, I don't know what your training has taught you for. So then he, he goes like this, and then he was like, the Bob was like, how do you know this is my first time? But I was like this, James, you out here like that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you got to be prepared for everything yeah, in the field, I all right? Guess you just do it whatever you need to do, but I, I laughed at that part. What do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes is on this movie? Uh, leading off your very first statements of the podcast said, the highest rated one, highest so grossing, say, highest grossing, highest, highest grossing. I would say very high. So I will go with a seventy nine. I would say eighty eight, ninety two. Whoa! I can't. Now I'm not going to look it up because we got two more of these to go. So I can't say if this is the highest rated Bond movie. I, I can't say that because I don't want to give anything away for the next couple episodes. But yeah, this movie. This movie like broke records. Like, this is a very well received movie. 
Did very well at the box office as well. Yeah. Like fucking Adele got an Oscar and an Emmy. I'm oh, sorry, an Oscar and a Grammy. For what? That song. What song? The, the, she did the opening song. <laughs> okay. Okay. You didn't now read the, we getting too crazy. You didn't I read the words. That, that song was cool. Ain't no, ain't no Oscar. It ain't no. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I mean, I thought the song was all right. Skyfall shows the second time James Bond cries openly. When was the first? A, in On His Majesty's Secret Service when Tracy, Bond's wife, is murdered. B, in For Your Eyes Only when Bond visits Tracy's grave. C, in License to Kill when Felix is murdered or D, and die another day when Bond is captured and tortured for months on end? Felix. I go with Felix. I'm going to go with uh, when his wife dies in um, option one. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. All right. So trivia dump. In 50 years of James Bond movies, this is only the second time in which James, James Bond suffers a gunshot wound. He was also mm-hmm. shot in Thunderball. Thunderball. That's uh, the the fourth one, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? The, it's a Sean Connery one. Yeah, because he's wow. he's got fucking plot armor. Well, I feel like he, wow, I didn't know that. I figured, you know, he gets shots all the time, and just you know, no, it's a movie. Wow. No. Well, I mean, well, I didn't know. Wow, that's crazy. So wait, wait, wow, wow. So the last movie he never got shot. No. Wow. Got shot at. I mean, he gets but punched like never, and thrown and right, but never got a shot lot. though. Yeah. Wow. Because mm-hmm. you know, with the axes and shit and all that. Wow. Okay. I appreciate that that blowing your mind. I was thinking about making that the question, but then I was like, no, I got to think too hard on that. Well, no, because I'm like now, now you got me thinking. Nah, that in my mind, I'm like, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> I'm just like, he had to be shot somewhere else in these movies, but I can't think it off the top of my head. I'm like, axe thrown, the beginning when he was running around and everything, there was no gunshot. There was just him falling over shit. But I'm like, I can't think of a time where he was shot. So maybe it's true, but it's just, it's still shocking though. Right. All right. Um, all right. This one's this one's for you, Matt. I specifically copied this one for you. Uh, thanks. Dame Judi Dench has more screen time in this movie alone than Desmond Llewellyn, who played uh, Q in 17 James Bond movies, making her portrayal of him the most recurrent character in the franchise after Bond, as measured by screen time. Perfect. We need more of her. But it's just like her and James Bond, it just seems right. Right. It just seems like that is what she is like. You know, they say like certain roles are made for certain people. Mm-hmm. It's like she commands that role to where it's not like when you go to movies, you don't have to suspend your disbelief. You can visualize her being them with the government doing what she needs to do. So where it's like, more of her on the screen, exactly what I need. But I didn't know about what she's going through now, so I feel kind of sad though. But, but yeah, she 
she did great in this movie. More of her is what I need. All right, last bit of trivia. Naomi Harris stated on the Graham Norton show that because she had to be using a real razor blade, unusual for a movie of such high value status, she, she spent six weeks with a professional barber training for the razor shaving scene and also trying it on members of the crew along the way. So I don't know why the fuck they have to use a real razor. Wait, wait, wait. She said how long? Six weeks training with a professional barber. Wow. Why she took six weeks? Because like they said high value. Like if she accidentally cuts Daniel but Craig's I, no, face. No no, no. I, no, no. I understand that. It don't take you six weeks to learn how to shave. That's what I'm saying. Six weeks. If she would have said a month. Okay. I can understand that. Six I weeks. Mean, I doubt that she met with the person every day. All right, so we're at the end of the show. I'm going to skip the guest plug part because Josh likes to say that he doesn't have anything to plug, and that's okay. <laughs> we talking uh, about he might have some this time. Okay, all right. Anything, Josh? All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. He, right. he's, he's saving it for the finale of the James Bond stuff. That's I got you. Oh, I yeah. got you. Yeah, oh, you should, you should write time. some James Bond fanfic. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weusedtotalkpod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page, we used to talk about this at work. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at weusedtotalkpod. Once more, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. And I guess you are actually recording finally at a reasonable hour. What time is it there? It's um, 2 p.m. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. So yeah, it's man. been a great time as always. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we're actually going to see Josh again next month. We're going to try and um, push through these James Bond movies with Daniel Craig so that he can come back for a regular non-James Bond, non-British, but the lead will probably be British doing an American accent movie. So come back next week when we review The Boy Band Kind with Jamie and Rachel, who have been on the show previously. And they're going to lose because you know why? In sync is better. That's no context. No one knows what this movie's about. Like we we have not oh, publicly talked about what we're gonna do on the show. Uh, uh, no, I'm uh, not cutting yeah. this either. I'm not cutting this either. Do your outro. I'm not cutting this. <laughs> well, then I'm gonna stick with it. <laughs> Stay tuned. In sync is better. Now I don't know if this was a good episode. I don't know if this was a bad episode. But whatever you think about it, talk about it at work. Thank you for listening.